Intellivision has come out to say they can't produce the Amiga console unless you buy some expensive Android apps. Plus, I completed another gaming-themed Lego build. Tonight is November 26, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say even uh, if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. In sports ball mode, I'm drinking Rivals Tears tonight. It's 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 great. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, a post Turkey edition of the Bobby Blackwolf Show. Uh, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, thank you so much. We do tape the show just about each and every Sunday night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at that Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Uh, so you can come join us, interact with the show directly, and uh, I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. Uh, but I also understand this is a podcast, uh, so you might not be able to be here on Sunday nights. You've got other things to watch. You can go join our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, I got a little distracted there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so vognetwork.com slash Discord. That is where you can be throughout the week uh, to talk about about previous things and also uh, suggest stories that you want us to cover here on the show. Uh, and in fact, both stories that we're doing tonight were actually posted on our Discord server. So uh, so yeah, and, and I, I got to say, because I, I mentioned this, uh, you know, and, and I saw this this post on social media because because last night on social media was really wild. Um, there was a whole bunch of people that were like, hey, it's actually happening and hell's freezing over. And what they're posting is like a picture of like a bow legged dude in an ill fitted white T-shirt. And everybody was just going wild about it. And I'm like, OK, see, I I, I was actually, you know, just, you know, excited that we beat Georgia Tech uh and and went 29 straight and went eight and out and yeah anyway uh so let's talk about the news let's not talk about sports and other things going on or sports entertainment or anything like that uh so uh the big news or there actually there wasn't really much big news it was it was it was a holiday week here in the United States um so not much big news so this tried to go under the radar but guess what we're still here and this is a company I've talked a lot about, uh, in, and I've even had uh, a former CEO of this company on this show to talk about this product. Uh, and uh, it's kind of interesting because we posted that up on YouTube, and it still gets found by people uh, who think that we are still all in on this. And I'm talking about the Intellivision Amico. And um, I got an email this week uh, along with everybody else who gave them money back in 2019 uh, for a console that was supposed to come out, or 2018, I guess, for a console that was supposed to come out in 2020 and still hasn't come out yet. Uh, detailing this, and and it was kind of it was kind of hard because I like to like cite sources and other like journalistic sources, 
about uh, this, so I'm not like just reading from like an, an amorphous email on, on the website, vognetwork.com. You can actually see the links and click on them. And it's really fun to go back to like episodes I did in 2005 and none of the links work because all those sites are gone now. But I still at least try. And uh, I, it was really hard to find an unbiased source uh, for this that basically just reported on what they were doing because everybody now has a negative opinion of Intellivision and uh, the Amico and all that stuff. And, you know, maybe I was a little bit too optimistic in the beginning, uh, but, uh, you know, I was optimistic before uh, worldwide global shortages of chips and stuff. And, and you know, there, there was a lot of things that happened uh, that were outside of Intellivision's control. There were a lot of things that happened that were in Intellivision's control as well. Uh, in Gadget uh, reports that Intellivision's long-delayed Amico retro gaming system isn't going to arrive anytime soon. Uh, the, so the Amico was is supposed to be this this device that sat in your home, uh, and it had basically family-friendly, low-cost games. Uh, the company says it does not have enough money to build the console in volume. I do know they have been able to build the console. The hardware is somewhat complete. Uh, they've even taken it on the road. They've taken it on tour. People have seen it. It does exist. Uh, does it exist in bulk? No. Um, but it does actually exist, and unfortunately it costs money to produce something at scale. Intellivision unveiled the Amico in 2018, said it would arrive two years later and raise millions from folks who put down a refundable $100 deposit. Since then, Intellivision has faced disaster after disaster, and there's still no indication of when the Amico will be available. To make the console finally happen, though, the company needs money. Intellivision released its latest plan to help it raise funds earlier this year, an app that's said to uh, have the experience of the Amico on Android and iOS devices. The Amico Home Act debuted in beta on Android this week and is bizarre to say the least. So to use Amico Home, so what they've basically done is they've taken the Amico software, which is running on Android, and they've released it on Android. And they were always going to have an Android app that was the controller. Uh, you could use their controller that they were making that had the disc and, and a screen uh, and, and gyro sensors, but also they were going to allow you to use an, uh, an app on your phone that would connect to the Amico, and that would be a separate controller. Uh, so I actually believe this is actually the Amico software. They're, they're putting the Amico software out there on the Google Play Store uh, in the hopes that you will buy it there, and then there will be a console, a dedicated console that hooks up to your TV that runs these Android apps. And frankly, that was a lot of the things that a lot of people said about the Amico when it was unveiled in 2018, 2019, is that it's basically it's an Android tablet that hooks up to your TV. Uh, so to use Amico Home, you will not likely need at least two Android phones or tablets or one of each. One displays the game and you use the other as a controller. Or you can use a real Amico controller. They, I believe they said they could make the controllers at scale enough to be able to sell the controller, but you just use the app. If you can hook the former up to your TV via HDMI, you can play the games on the big screen. In other words, you can make your own Amico. Uh, there are only two games available on Amico Home at the minute. They're updated versions of Missile Command from 1980 and Astro Smash from 1981. Uh, despite the fact Amico Home is in beta, Intellivision somehow reckons it's just fine to charge $15 for them while calling the app an affordable way to enjoy family gaming entertainment. $15. The games, when, when I had uh, the former CEO of Intellivision on this show, he talked about how the games would not be above $8. $8 would be the absolute ceiling 
for games. And these are basically almost twice that. Those who pre-order the console can get Amico Home download codes for certain games, but that's not exactly going to help in television's bottom line. I didn't read the email long enough to see that part. It seems highly unlikely that Amico Home would get even close to generating enough revenue for Intellivision to make Amico a reality. Intellivision hopes the app will at least be successful enough for it to secure investment for the console. Uh, so uh, Intellivision said in a statement, quote, Our ability to begin manufacturing Amico consoles in volume requires securing additional investment. The release of Amico Home puts us on a better footing to attract such investment or to eventually fund manufacturing from the proceeds of Amico Home game sales. We remain dedicated to moving Intellivision forward step by step until we can deliver on the full vision of Amico, including the consoles, unquote. Uh, I have not partaken in Amico Home. I had an Amico app. There was an Amico app that came out that had, I think, Lunar Lander on it. And it was it was interesting once. And, and yeah, and Dark to Sea even says in our chat room over at twitch.tv slash vlog network, $15 for one seems a bit much. Maybe for some kind of compilation, I could see that. Yes, $15 for one game. And Fifth Ream even says most of these games, to be honest, are $4.99 mobile games. Like... Missile Command and Astro Smash are the ones that are out now. And yes, at, by today's standards, because we are today, this is 2023, and you're asking me to spend this money in 2023, yes, those are mobile games. Now, I understand Astro Smash was probably $39.99 when it came out in 1981, but it's not 1981 anymore. It's 2023. And $15... For that, when I would say four ninety nine is probably a little bit too much, but uh, I, I I get it. Uh, you know, the eight dollars would be really weird for 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 a game like Astro Smash or Missile Command, um, unless they are like really like top notch uh, updates and, and remakes, and, and it's not just a port, uh, which I honestly haven't looked to see if these are like ports or whatever, but. Uh, or if this is the full Astro Smash that they were making for the Amico. Yeah, I, that's that's a lot. It's, it's Unfortunately, mobile customers have been conditioned to uh, for the race to the bottom. And this is why it was really hard for traditional game developers to break through on mobile because they weren't willing to sell a game, a fully featured game for 99 cents which that is what mobile developers did, is that it was or 99 cents, or now it's free with microtransactions. And companies would come in and be like, oh, this game's going to be 20 bucks on mobile, and nobody's going to pay $20 for a game you play on a mobile device. That is a, a, a phone device. I'm, you know, 3DS different, but nobody's going to pay that. And so I don't think that many people are going to pay the $15 for this. But I think this is the last grasp. This is going to be the last stand for, for Amico. Questor says, I can get a copy of the Atari Anthology for PS2 for less than $15 on eBay. Uh, you can get Atari 50 on current consoles for like, is it 30 bucks? I think? It's the Digital Eclipse thing. And that has 50 games on it. S. Jeremy says, between this and the NFT thing, it is truly a shame that it has come to this. Yeah, they were trying to do this. So last year, what they did to get funding is they sold physical games, except it was an RFID chip attached to an NFT, and you couldn't play the game yet. But when the console came out, you could use that RFID chip to unlock the game on your console. And the reason they wanted to use NFTs is for the reselling. Uh, you could actually then resell on any NFT marketplace the game, and they would get that game. 
and that that was how they were planning on using NFTs. Unfortunately for them, uh, NFTs are, were uh, were and and probably still are because I think they're still around. Uh, they were a, a Ponzi scheme, pyramid scheme, and uh, there were a whole bunch of people left holding the bag when the market crashed on that. Uh, Fifth Dream says that is one good use for NFTs, and I, I mean that is a good use case for that type of thing. But I don't think you don't need NFTs and the blockchain to make that happen. Um, there are ways to sell digital content between people that don't involve uh, NFTs in the blockchain. There, there, there are ways to do it. Um, but this is not an NFT. But I've, I've already angered all the, the crypto bros years ago, and I, I don't need them to come back. And uh, Questbush uh, says, out of curiosity, with the Steam sale, the autumn sale going on right now, you can get the making of Karateka for fifteen ninety nine. For sixteen bucks, you can get now. The, yes, that is one old game, but it's also a documentary. It's also a museum. It's also uh, like six versions of Karateka. It's also a couple other games uh, from Jordan Mechner. Uh, it's actually really good. Uh, it's it's a really amazing uh, compilation. I really liked it. We put put a video on the Vogue Network YouTube channel of Rob and I actually talking about it, and you should check it out. But yeah, it's fifteen ninety nine on the Steam sale right now, uh, and that is a better use of your sixteen dollars. Says that's the show on her man. It absolutely is. So, um, you know, I've uh, I, I've known the former CEO of Intellivision for about probably twenty years now, uh, close to twenty years, uh, but he's not there anymore. Uh, and, um, I haven't heard from him or seen anything from him. He's, he's kind of, you know, disappeared from everything. Uh, cause you know, I also followed him in other places that weren't as necessarily public and he's kind of disappeared from all that. So, uh, I'm, I did not request a refund for my, uh, what I, what I paid to be a founder, Amico founder back in 2018. Uh, that money's gone. I'm never going to see it again. Uh, and who knows if if somehow they pull it out, I'll get a console out of it. Fifth Dream says when the recharged versions of games are five dollars, fifteen dollars is a big nope. Yep, I think you know I don't think many people are going to bite on this, and so investors going to look and say there's not that much uh, interest in Amico Home, and so they're not going to get the money. And um, I'm just waiting for them to to close up shop. But let's talk about a company that's doing something right. How about this? Uh, for you know, we've talked a lot about game engines and what the game engines have been doing for revenue streams for them to try to make money off of the backs of mid-sized and small and mid-sized developers. And there is actually one uh, game, one game engine uh, that a lot of people don't think of. It's not one of the big ones that everybody talks about, but it's made some really some some really amazing games that you've heard of have been made in it. Uh, they've actually uh, updated their pricing structure as well for the better. The Verge reports that Christmas has come early for indie and solo game developers. Game Maker, the game engine software program used to make Undertale, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Hotline Miami 2, and more, has announced that it's making significant changes to its pricing structure. But don't worry, they're the good kind. Starting uh, earlier this week, Game Maker will be free to use for non-commercial, non-console projects. And the company is eliminating its indie creator tier monthly subscription fee in favor of a one-time paid licensing fee of $99. Additionally, if you're currently enrolled at the indie creator tier and wish to pay the licensing fee, the subscription fees you paid will be discounted from the price. 
Uh, Russell Kay, the head of GameMaker, said that the changes are a way for the company to express its thanks to users, explaining that since 2021, GameMaker has seen its user base triple in size. Kay also had some subtle but effective shade for their competitors. He says, quote, we have seen other platforms make making awkward moves with their pricing and terms. So we thought, what if we did the opposite, something that could actually be good for developers, unquote. So uh, K is referencing Unity and Unreal Engine. So they made changes to their respective pricing programs. Unity's changes specifically aroused so much developer ire that it led to boycotts, vicious public callouts, and perhaps coincidental, perhaps not, sudden retirement of CEO John Ricciatello. Yeah, we've talked about that. Uh, though customers currently enrolled in an enterprise-level subscription will see no changes to their plans, it seems that GameMaker is counting on the pricing update to draw more people to the software. He says, quote, Our success is measured by the number of people making games, unquote. And here's the thing. Where where that's great is that you're going to start getting a lot of people that start getting GameMaker experience that are maybe, you know, in college or, you know, doing things on the side. And so if you have that talent out there, when a company who is making an, a console version of the game or a very big commercial game, uh, they uh, will have all this talent to learn from because they already know GameMaker. Uh, right now, you've got a lot of people that know Unity. You've got a lot of people that know Unreal Engine, uh, but you don't have that many people that are in the work, possibly going into the workforce that know GameMaker. Now, GameMaker, uh, the last time I checked, and I haven't used it uh, ever, uh, last I checked, it is very much a 2D game engine. It's not a 3D engine. You're not going to make a first-person shooter in it like you can in Unreal and, and uh, Unreal Engine and in Unity. But it is great for 2D games, which is like Undertale. Uh, Hotline Miami 2 was a 2D game. Um, so I, I think that uh, if, if you want to make a 2D game and you don't need it to be 3D, GameMaker is a very, very good way of uh, of dipping your toe into it. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, it's uh, you're not going to make VR games in GameMaker, which is probably why I never did pick it up because I was making stuff for VR. But uh, when I was dealing with stuff, I don't even have any game engine on this computer that I built a couple years ago. Uh, it's how long it's been. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to try get, get try your hand at stuff, GameMaker is a great way uh, to kind of dip your toe in uh, and make... And, and there's not as much 3D bloat as there is in Unity and in Unreal Engine. Uh, so give GameMaker game a shot. And hey, uh, you can actually release a game on Itch for yourself and not have to pay anything. That was the news I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a big box next to me here um i finally finished some more of my lego backlog and the, the last part of my lego backlog that i am actually going to be talking about here on the show uh because the rest of my lego backlog is not video game related but this is video game related legos uh this was actually released last year uh this was real uh i had gotten it uh the the same week my mom was in icu she passed away uh, didn't get a chance to, you know, build anything. I built the Atari, uh, the Atari Lego set, which was actually sitting here, uh, next to me for a couple months. Uh, and then finally this week, uh, over the holidays, I did finish the Pac-Man Legos. Uh, so it is, uh, it's one of their big, um, big adult 
uh, Lego sets that now Lego has learned that there's a whole bunch of adults that were grew up on Legos that want to continue to build Legos. And so they've learned they can make a lot of money off of us because we have money. And so uh, this one, it has uh, 2,657 pieces is how much is in it. Uh, and uh, some of the pieces really suck to put together. So, so this is, uh, so I'm going to now unveil the box here. It's actually a lot bigger than you think it is. It's a lot t- taller than you think it is. Um, so uh, it, essentially what they gave you, uh, what you start building is, uh, and I, I haven't, I didn't look at how tall it is, but it's actually pretty, it's it's pretty tall size. It's, I think it's the tallest set of Legos I've ever built. Um, it is a Pac-Man uh, arcade cabinet uh, with a topper. So uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to pull the topper off and I'm going to sh- show the topper real quick to those on the pod on the, on the stream. I apologize for the podcast feed, but the topper, it has, uh, it has Pac-Man and it has two ghosts. It's got the orange and the yellow ghosts. And on the back of, uh, the, uh, of the topper is this little, uh, a little nub that if you push in the nub, this, they switch. And so now Pac-Man is eating the, facing the blue ghosts. So that is the topper. Um, so so they flip that way. And this is the one rubber band in the entire kit. Uh, so I hate dealing with Lego rubber bands. I did the Steamboat Willie uh, boat, and that had so many rubber bands. It was so, so uh, frustrating. Uh, this was the one rubber band in the entire, in the entire thing. So it's the little topper. Uh, it's what you actually build first. So... Um, that was the, that's that. So let's look at the actual, uh, I'm, I'm going to show the actual Pac-Man, uh, here and, uh, get your clip button ready just in case I drop this thing, because I'm going to have to hold it in front of the camera and it may be disastrous. So we'll see. So the, the first thing I want to point out is that this is also the first one I have ever, first Lego I've ever built that had a light in it. It's the back one here. So there's a little light for the coin door. You hold down a button and a light turns on. And so it's got a little, um, got a, a full-size Pac-Man board. It's got a little joystick that do- it does, the joystick moves. You can walk, wibble it a little bit. But uh, the big thing is that it's got a movement mechanism. Now, it's a crank. It's on the side. But if I turn the crank, you see that the ghosts and the Pac-Man move. And there's one ghost inside the center, and it's moving back and forth. So how this is actually working is that there's there everything's on rails. So there's rails that go around, and you've got some of the Legos on the rails there. There also is another mechanism that I didn't realize, is that there's another, um, and it's going to be real hard for me to get to it, but if you look at the top, there's a little scroll bar, and I can change the score. So there's a little score. It's real hard for me to get it in the right area, but there's a little score button, uh, score thing, and there's four scores, and you can kind of rotate through the scores. So that is the front of the Pac-Man cabinet. On the side, you've got, on either side, you've got this. So I'm going to actually take off the back. Because what they've been doing in all these video game ones is they've put an Easter egg. And uh, so in the Nintendo, in the 8-bit Nintendo one, it's actually inside one of the sides of the console. It's got level 1, 2. 
in the Atari, you open up the top and there's a little diorama of someone playing Atari in their basement. And then uh, if you open up the back here, which actually does came off pretty nicely, there is actually a diorama inside of someone playing Pac-Man. And so there's a little tiny Pac-Man in an arcade with a uh, the 80s-style carpet, uh, a gumball machine, uh, and and things. And and it's a, it's a little girl, red-headed girl, playing, uh, playing Pac-Man. Um, another thing that's nice about this is that if I can hold it correctly, uh, you can actually see the mechanism that controls the entire front. So if I crank this, you can actually see all the gears that's running the front of of the game. Am I going to put the back on right now? No. I'm going to leave the back off because I don't need that in my life. Also, it also comes with comes with a big book that even has like a couple pages uh, in uh, English, Spanish, and French about the history of Pac-Man. Uh, and there's like little tidbits through here. Uh, and somebody who actually mentioned the kill screen, uh, S. Jeremy Matt says there's a Lego Pac-Man kill screen coming up. It's not in Lego, but it is in the book. They do have the kill screen in the book. So, uh, and, and quest, uh, quest Buster says you can almost imagine quarters lined up in the bottom of the screen. They actually have a little five cent. It's like a nickel. It's a five. It says five on it. So I think it's only five cents, but that's what the minifig is holding is, is the little nickel. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch, like it was, uh, how many pages is this? 336 pages worth of instructions. Um, I will say the only one that, that I hated was uh, there. there's one, one, one bag. It was like, oh, this, this because they, they break them up into bags. So there's 14 bags, uh, and, and so you're only working with one bag at a time. Uh, and there was one bag and it was bag eight. That's how much I hated it. Cause I knew it was, uh, what bag it was. And so I'm trying to find it because it was like, oh, it's small. There's not that much in here. And also there were only, uh, like eight steps and I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. There's only eight steps. Yeah. So one of the steps is make this thing 64 times. I can't actually see the screen when I do that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you make that, and it's actually all the uh, pellets, all the uneaten pellets. There's 64, there's actually 66 uneaten pellets, but you have to then, but you're putting them in, and the, there there at least is a top-down view that shows you exactly where all the pe- pe- pellets go. Fitzroom says, not 256? No, there's, there's I don't, because it's just the uneaten pellets, because you're actually seeing this Lego in... Um, in mid game. So there's actually 66. You make 64 free form and then you add two more uh, to a piece that you put in earlier. Um, so that was the most annoying step was having to make 64 of those little things. And there's just, it's uh, there's four, four pieces to it. There's an essentially, it's just really some really small stuff, but it's really repetitive and it took, it took, it took some time. And then he had to put them all in, in the right area. So that was fun. Um, the one last thing I want to talk about is uh, there was something that this Lego build did that I had never seen before. Uh, and I thought it was kind of ingenious. So in the beginning stages, when you're making the topper, it has you make a tiny, it has you make kind of, uh, you're making a, a long piece and you're holding st- and stuff. 
And what they have you do is they have you put it on the mechanism that you had just built. So in the topper, you're actually building uh, the gears that turn the the dudes around, uh, the ghost and the, and the Pac-Man around. So when I when you hit that thing in the topper, these gears move. Well, they have you put this piece on, and it's, like, really colorful, and I'm like, I don't know what this is supposed to do because it's stopping all the gear, Like, it's stopping the motion. Things aren't working anymore. And then you continue building. And then as you get to the next part, they actually tell you, okay, take it off and put it to the side. So what they actually did is they actually had you build scaffolding while you built the rest of the thing. And then you took the pieces off. And then in later... uh, when, and then so when you get to the next part, it actually starts using those pieces. So they even tell you from bag two or whatever, you want these pieces that were part of that scaffolding. So you're actually using the pieces as scaffolding, taking them away, putting them aside and using them later in the build. I had not done a Lego build that did that before. I'm not going to say this was the first one that ever did that, but I thought that was that was brilliant. As Sharon and Matt says about the uh, step with the 64, uh, the Lego globe and any of those mosaic art sets are like that. So very uh, detailed, small, precise step 60 plus times. Oh, the TV for the uh, Nintendo, the the Nintendo, that that sucked because that was like laid out and you had to put every little piece down. Uh, I I preferred the power pellets here. Uh, to to doing the Nintendo TV screen that wrapped around. Um, we do have one of the mosaic arts. That's, we have the uh, Starry Night one that we haven't built yet, my wife and I. Um, but she's doing most of that one, so that's going to be her. Esther Matt says, yeah, the TV Nintendo took me a few nights. It took me a bit, too. I took some, I took some pictures at that time. But uh, this build, it was fun. It was not other than the, uh, uh, you know frustration the oh my god i got to do this 64 times there really was no frustrating part of this build um it it wasn't as bad as some of the others i actually didn't have to rebuild anything uh the i messed up on the atari and had to rebuild part of it but it was not as much of a headache as it looks uh and there, there were parts of it that went really quickly like building up the sides of this and everything so uh, it was really cool. It was the first time I got to do something that had a light on it uh, that lit up. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I'm, you know, looking forward to another one that I can do at some point. But uh, I'm not big on the ones uh, that I don't think they did a big video gaming one this time around. Or I think this one actually came out this year. This was this year's, wasn't it? I think I said earlier, I misspoke, said this came out last year. Uh, I think this one came out this year because I think the Atari came out last year. And this was this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing what next year's is. Esther Matt says, uh, I hope to get this set, and I kind of want to get the third-party light kit set that folks can get. I did see that because it is dark. Like, I can actually see stuff here because I've got these lights on. I've got big key lights uh, here. But, like, there, there really needs to be at least, like, some LED lights that shine into the score area because you can't see it. Um... So, uh, but I did see that there is a light kit and they actually like put animated lights down the side. I've seen, uh, social media ads targeting me 
for it um, because I looked up, I Googled a misprint. There was a misprint on one of the steps, and I Googled to see if it was a misprint, and I found, oh, yes, it's a misprint. But by Googling it, everybody's like, all the trackers are like, ooh, you like Lego. I'm going to show you all the Lego ads now. So now I get all the Lego ads. Um, but it, like, actually lights up all the 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 pellets, and it does it does a lot of lighting things. And so we're, we're going to – we have a light kit for something else. I think my wife built, built the aquarium, and so we have the light kit for that so we can learn how the light kit works, uh, or at least that company's light kit. I don't remember which company it was. Uh, but uh, maybe we'll put it in this one. Maybe not. If anything, I would just put LED lights under here and not the full, like, light up the whole thing. Pod Coach says, I wonder uh, wonder if Rob will sneak in and change Bobby's high score next time he is there. Look, I can I can tape. I can get rid of this gear that changes the high score. That's what I'll do. Yeah, so, so uh, this, is not le- this is not a Lego podcast, I promise. This was a video game Lego that's why I'm talking about it here. Uh, not every Lego set I'm building is is video gaming, so you probably won't even see it. We, we keep them downstairs. Uh, I know my wife, we did get her a bunch of the Princess Peach uh, Legos, including like Peach's Castle and stuff, but uh, those are hers. So we're, you know, we're, we may build them together, but they stay with her um, to go with the Mario stuff that we have. Uh, S. Matt says, Light My Brick is one of those brands. I'm getting one of those sets for my Lego DeLorean set. I think that's the one that I see the, uh, the ads on social media, the targeted ads on social media, uh, I think is for them. And I think there's another company, um, cause we actually have a Lego, like a third party used Lego store near us and they've got some of the, the stuff in there. Now I am not getting any of the Sonic the Hedgehog Legos, and I probably and I will also not be getting any of the Animal Crossing Legos. We actually talked about this uh, previously. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog Legos, not just I'm not really that interested. The Animal Crossing Lego sets, um, we we talked about this earlier, and it's more about my feelings about Animal Crossing right now. Um, and if you weren't here for that conversation uh, that we were having with chat, it's. Animal Crossing now reminds me of quarantine just because that is the last time I played Animal Crossing heavily, even though I've been playing Animal Crossing since it came to America in on the GameCube, uh, never played Animal Planet uh, or, or Animal Forest is what it was called in Japan. Uh, but once it came to America, I, I played it. And so it's not like it's all the only time I've ever played it, but it's the most recent time that I've played it. And I cannot convince myself to even load it on my Switch. And so I am not like building the Animal Crossing Lego sets would not bring me joy because unfortunately in my head, that's what Animal Crossing represents. Uh, Hopefully if they make a new Animal Crossing, I'll get over that because I have loved the series for a long time. But just right now, it's a little bit raw as to uh, where I was at the time mentally when Animal Crossing was was when the latest Animal Crossing came out. Uh, that is not a time I want to go back to. And so I will not be getting those Lego sets. I do have the, uh, the foosball set. That's the next one I'm building is there's a foosball table that you can, uh, that, that you can actually play foosball. Like it's an actual working foosball table, uh, with little mini figs and you keep score and everything. As Jordan Matt says, between these gaming Lego sets and the Hallmark console ornaments, these companies know how to cater to me. Oh, just you wait. It's just not December yet. 
I haven't brought that one out yet. So we're going to take a quick music break, and then uh, we will talk about uh, probably other things. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show here in the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. It's me, Mario. Not really. Obi-Wan Jabroni instead. You're listening to the Bobby Blackwell Show on vognetwork.com. Sorry for the terrible impression, by the way, Charles Martinet. I tried. I tried. He did better than Chris Pratt. I'm going to keep making that joke. Hey, if you want to leave a bumper, you do not have to do an impression of Mario or any other uh, uh, character in, in, in anything. Uh, all you got to do is send me an MP3 with just your voice or a video of just your voice. I will choose what DMCA violation to put behind it. And uh, and, and send it to me. Contact me on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, that is where, uh, you can contact me and we can maybe get it here on the show. Uh, I do want to say that there, there was, uh, some very interesting, uh, breaking news kind of, uh, not really breaking news. I'm not going to say breaking news, uh, breaking opinion, I guess. Um, and, uh, it was from Mike Deft in, in during the music break. Um, and Mike Deft says in other news. I got everybody one two switch for ten dollars US on Amazon this week. Played it yesterday at a friend's house along with some other friends, and it's definitely worth the ten dollars I played. And I asked, I asked the follow up in chat, would it be worth eleven dollars though? And Mike Deft replies, maybe twenty US dollars even. What? Like, everybody told me this game was bad, and it was not worth the, the cartridge it was printed on. I, I don't understand. Um, but that, that's what I was told. Uh, Mike Def does say the novelty wears off really quickly, so as an occasional game to play, uh, like, we can play, like, once in a while, it's good. But if I already have 1-2 Switch, which I do, still have 1-2 Switch which is great as a tech demo for the, the HD Rumble. It's the only thing I use it for nowadays, and I haven't even put it in my Switch since the month it came out. Uh, would, I, would I want everybody's 1-2 Switch? I don't know. But apparently it's definitely worth $10 and maybe even $20. Uh, that is from Mike Deft. Uh, Mike Deft says, The cool thing about everybody 1-2 Switch is being able to use your phone. Uh, so that, that, that helps, uh, for a lot for that. And, and for especially being able to have multiple people, many people playing the same game. Uh, I can get that Jackbox party packs do that really well. Other company, other games do that really well too. Uh, I will say that apparently Jackbox party pack 10 came out and is getting mixed reviews. It's not they. I think they, from whatever everybody said, they, they missed the mark. So I didn't buy it yet. Uh, Mike Def says there are some games that use your camera to do stuff. Well, that's interesting, but uh, I guess here's the thing. Would this have been received better if it wasn't called 1-2-Switch? Because everybody, we saw 1-2-Switch, we saw it was supposed to be another Nintendo Land, or it was supposed to be the Wii Sports for the Switch, and it wasn't. And so now that uh, now that's kind of in our head that 1-2-Switch is terrible. So when they put out everybody's 1-2-Switch, we're like, well... One two switch was disappointing, so everybody's one two switch is going to be disappointing. 
Um, and I wonder if they didn't brand it as one, two switch, would it have been received better or was it really just the price? Mike Def says, I think the problem is charging $40 for each. That probably is the problem. Who knows what the development costs. I think everybody went to switch also was like a stealth launch. Because uh, they, you know, didn't they probably? I think it was was that a rumor that I heard that like they didn't want to put it out and then they wound up putting it out because they had to. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we we could sit here and and wonder about that, or we could talk about what's coming up next here on the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vlog network. It's Orange Sounds Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much much longer than I do. Uh, and we like to check in with them to see what's going on there. Uh, Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. So d- breaking news, according to uh, Mike Deft in our chat room, everybody one two switch is actually worth $10, maybe even 20 mm, Everybody's entitled to their opinion, and yes. that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... I mean, in all honesty, I, I have to play it, but there's just so much stuff in my backlog. Yeah. Um, I just realistically don't see myself getting around to it unless maybe it's a similar situation. It sounds like Mike Deft was kind of like at a party or something like that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if I get put in that situation, um, I, I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll get a chance to check it out. Yeah. So Mike Deft does continue because the game is actually fun, but I wouldn't have paid full price for it at all, which is $40. So, again, yeah. $10 is definitely a great price for it, but I think I would have paid 20 once I played it. Interesting. Well, ten dollars would is a is a fine game night. You know, yeah. there's a lot of uh, games that'll cost that much. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, Jackbox party packs are like thirty bucks now each. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. How much was that a uh, Pac-Man thing that you were showing? Uh. God. Well, I. So I think it's like two hundred and thirty dollars. The Lego Pac-Man. Wow. Um. That's. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I know you're you're enjoying showing off your your new Pac-Man machine tonight. It would be, it would really be a shame if I were to come on here and one up that or arcade one up that, as the case may be. He says as he swivels in his chair to reveal the Miss Pac-Man countertop arcade machine I just picked up for ninety nine bucks on Black Friday. Believe it or not. So, there you go. You're banned. You're you're banned. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. No, the Lego thing's super cool. It, it really is. It, it, I, it, I, I still want one. It looks like it's 270 bucks is how much this is. So that's probably how much <laughs> I paid for it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, no. Uh, and this this thing this thing is honestly probably about the same size. It's itty bitty. You can see next, it's not going to live here. Uh, and I'm sorry to those on the podcast feed, but it's a tiny little Miss Pac-Man machine. It has five games on it. So it's Miss Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, uh, I think Galaxian. Or was it Galaga? One of the two. And then two throwaway games um, are, are on this. And um, yeah, it's it's cute, but it's it's tiny. Like the size mm-hmm. of that machine, like look at it next to the size of the Tron joystick. It's like it's the size of maybe maybe two yeah. of these tops. It was very, very small. And you can see I have some very similar uh, mini cabs to the one that you have for scale yeah. uh, down below it. So you can also kind of see yeah. that for size. Uh to kind of get a sense so but yeah obviously it was a it was a deal that was uh, hard for me to ignore um yeah so because super pac-man was one i really wanted so um yeah it kind of crosses that off the list so it's probably not going to live here behind me forever mm-hmm. though i actually don't like the way it looks um but i thought for tonight it would be fun yeah so uh let me let me ask you this did you have to build it like because our... no okay i didn't that's the other funny thing i was totally expecting i was like all right i'm gonna pick up this thing and then 
I'll get around to building it in a day or two. But then I was like, oh, it actually it is completely preassembled in the box. The only thing you have to do is take off those little screen protectors, which is actually kind of annoying because I had remnants left. Like if you don't tear it actually absolutely right, it gets annoying. Um, But otherwise, it's just plug it in. So that part because it comes in like a clear box. It's a very different Mm -hmm. packaging. I wonder if anything just comes from a completely different facility, which it probably does, to be honest. Well, and I think Arcade One Up, they're smart to do that because not everybody's going to want to spend the hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And this is another revenue stream. Hey, get something that sits on your bar top. Right. Because that's really, I think what this is for is people, because a lot of people, I I know you don't have basements where you are, but in where I am, there are basements and a couple of the people in my neighborhood, they built a bar in their basement. And this is the type of thing they would put on the bar top instead of having an actual like three quarters cab, like we've got, for the Burger Time and the Tron and stuff like that, they would very much rather have a bar top arcade for their for their man cave. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it definitely is the type of thing that could live uh, on a bar. I I think for me, it's going to be kind of on shelves, not kind of yeah. like what you see, but I'm going to have some better ones. It's probably actually going to live in the closet, which is just off screen over here. Um, so that way, also, it does save space behind me for a potential third larger machine. I don't want to commit myself to anything, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But none of the deals for big machines really like screamed like, oh, you got to get this right now. Yeah. I kind of want to wait a year and see maybe what types of stuff they release in the next year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Pacojas, does it have the hyperspeed, Miss Pac-Man? Not to my knowledge, unless it's some weird unlock, which I don't think these machines yeah. do. The other kind of bummer about that, it is, I want to say this is like a 2021 model. It's a couple of years okay. old at this point. There is no Wi-Fi connectivity on it. There is no, there's no way to update the the BIOS on it either with like a, you know, I'm sure people hack them. I'm sure there's ways to crack open yeah. the back and fl- flash load your own thing to it. I'm sure that's a thing, uh, but not any type of official, official support. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, in other words, what you're saying is it doesn't get a Black Friday ad on that one. Uh, no, because because there's I mean, no Wi-Fi, so you no, couldn't get a Black no, Friday. No. Ad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did did you did your Tron machine update with that too? It it updated, but I never turned it back on, and I hadn't seen the the Black Friday. Like I didn't oh. see an ad, but it I did get the update. Yeah, for those that don't, you know, get the joke on my, uh, uh, I almost said Twitter, not that, on my Blue Sky account, I had posted a picture because, yeah, my trauma machine got an update, and then I turned it on for the show. You know, I turn it on every week to kind of have the ambience, and sometimes yeah. sometimes a random stream as well during the week, and uh, I, a new pop-up greeted me. It said, Black Friday deals are now live with a QR code to assumably go to Arcade One Up storefront and get them. And I was like, oh, that is so dirty that it did a, a BIOS update to deliver an ad, basically. Yeah. Like, you know, the the app isn't enough. The emails they sent me aren't enough. Yeah. And ironically, ironically, I end up buying one on a Black Friday sale anyway. But it was it worked. It was a target. It was a target. So okay. not not direct. But yeah, no, I, I, I know it got the update. I'm sure it gets those ads over the Internet, like it checks the Internet and downloads the mm-hmm. ad at that point. Um, so mm-hmm. that's what they added to it. And so all the future machines are going to have that built in oh, in the yeah. first update. You know, it's going to be there. So um, I did notice, though, while I was taking the picture and typing the post for Blue Sky and everything, the ad did go away eventually without me doing anything. And it cycled because, you know, if you leave these on long enough, because that's what I usually do. I turn them on and I walk away and they by default go into the default game and go mm-hmm. into attract mode if you yeah. leave them sitting long enough yep. uh which is exactly what i do with these two machines behind me every week and this now now miss pac-man is also in its default yep. game in attract mode 
Um, so the the Black Friday screen you might miss if you just turn it on and walk away. Yeah, and that might have been what happened is I turned because I had turned it on to get all the video and film for the uh, the new additions to my arcade, and that was the last time I had turned it on. Yeah. So, uh, so what else are you going to be talking about on Orange Launch Radio tonight? Well, you know, it was a little bit of a slower news week, uh, yep. but one of the big stories we'll talk about is some backlash that uh, the uh, publisher of an indie game wrote on of social media. You've probably heard of this, mm-hmm. Bobby. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because I, it's one of those things where it's like, I actually, I'm not sure he was wrong with what he was saying, but it's all about how you say it sometimes. And Ooh. I think he made a big misstep in how he said it. We'll talk a little bit about that because not everybody may agree with me there. Um, and, uh, ooh, some neat new additions coming to Nintendo Switch Online, especially over in Japan, talking about, uh, the, um, Nintendo 64 games. So we'll get to that. Man, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, I wish I had brought it up and talked about it because I also have a take that's probably different from yours as well. And yeah, I'll just write it. I'll write a novel in chat and, and okay, you can sounds just read good. it. We'll look or, forward to it. Orange Silence Radio is up next. Thanks so much. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Fog Network. So come join us, interact with the show directly. I will actually not be here in two weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I know I'm taking, like, Sundays off and stuff. It's 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 fine. Uh, I will not be here in two weeks. And then in three weeks, I will be at DreamHack Atlanta, still uh, dotting, dotting the T's, crossing the I's on all that. Uh, and, and then awesome games done quick in January. Uh, but I will be here on the show in three weeks. So it's just in two weeks. I will not be here. Uh, but, uh, you can come, uh, f- uh, interact with us over at vognetwork.com slash discord. That is where, uh, you can reach us during the week and suggest topics. Uh, that's probably why I put those topics in instead of the one tonight, uh, that OLR is going to be talking about that. I really do want to talk about, um, so, uh, but yeah, so you can also find me at Bobby Blackwolf on most social media platforms at bobbyblackwolf.com where the skies are blue uh, and uh, and over on our Discord. So if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make this all work without the help of the chatters who go above and beyond like Orange Right, who uh, resubscribed. Thank you so much uh, for the resubscription. Uh, and, uh, and, and that is, that is, that is very much appreciated, but you being here is also very much appreciated. It's really all we ask, uh, is that you, you are, uh, you are here and, uh, we hope that we got your mind off of other things, uh, for at least an hour. So, um, and SSJ, whenever Matt says, uh, Bobby has more Auburn fan tears to drink. Excuse I don't care about them. I don't care about them. I care about beating the North Avenue Trade School 3124. I'm going to hit the button before Pod Culture unsubscribes because I keep talking about twi- sports ball and stuff. You don't want to hear about sports ball. You want to hear OLR and Fog Network coming up next. See ya. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.